The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of the Belmont Media Center or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Welcome to the Hopeless Fancast, the podcast that loves fans as much as fans love pop culture. I'm your host, Eileen Maxson. Before you listen to our show, be pre-warned. There will be spoilers. For today's episode, we will be talking with Ruth, a consulting herbalist in Knoxville, Tennessee, about the TV show Elementary. Hi, Ruth. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing great, Eileen. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking. <laughs> We're excited to have you. Now, the first question that I ask everybody, what do you love about elementary? That's kind of a trick question. Um, <laughs> I pretty much love everything about elementary. I've, I've been thinking about it a lot in preparation for today's show, and I do. I love the characters. I love the canon. I love all of the actors. I love it set in New York. I love the mysteries. I just love everything about the dang show. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you on that. Everything about the show is just awesome. It is one of my personal favorites as well. But yeah, but the characters are so amazing. Do you have a favorite? Well, Johnny Lee Miller's Sherlock is my favorite. I know that seems pretty obvious, but his way of portraying Sherlock Holmes is just unlike any other incarnation that I've seen. I grew up watching the Basil Rathbone movies, hmm. and they were just favorites, and I adore his interpretation, but Johnny's is just beautiful, and it's so amazing to see his growth and the way his characters change, and I just don't know anybody else who's ever played him this way. He's amazing. One of the things that, you know, when I'm talking about the show that I, I talk about Johnny's performance is how he just embodies Sherlock. It's not just what he says, but like how he holds himself and the little <laughs> tiny, you know, ticks of his that he puts into this character that, you know, is not him personally, but he just becomes him in a very physical way. That's pretty awesome. Yes. And it was immediate from the first episode, the first introduction when he meets Watson. It was it was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great scene, like right at the beginning, just setting mm -hmm. up kind of that tension between the two of them. Um, and that's what to expect and not to expect. Yes. Yes, yes. It's perfect. The pilot is such, every episode of the show is great, but the pilot does its its job just so beautifully. Um, I remember when it, uh, when it first came out, I had been a fan of Sherlock, like the, the British version, mm -hmm. and I was really skeptical about an American take on Sherlock and right. thinking that, oh, they're trying to be edgy, they're putting in, you know, a woman Watson. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's going to be terrible because most TV shows that are remakes of British shows are pretty terrible. But then I saw that first episode because I was curious and I was sold like immediately. Yes. I was a big fan of Johnny Lee Miller's from Eli Stone mm -hmm. and I was extremely curious of how they would pull this off and I was not disappointed. I was very excited and I remember going out 
for sushi with my best friend like the day after and just gushing and gushing about the show <laughs> and she was hooked from my recommendation so we've just been fans ever since that's awesome so the first episode also really sets up what is basically the heart of the show uh, which is the relationship between Sherlock and Joan and it really evolves over time uh, the relationship between the two of them what do you love most about that relationship well, I love watching the evolution of it because, yeah, he is so full of himself and yeah. so defeated <laughs> at the beginning. And now, six seasons later, we see how his heart has opened up. And I just think that that's beautiful because, again, the way Johnny plays him, you wouldn't predict the way that that relationship has evolved in a standard American TV show. You know, usually, and I love a lot of standard TV shows, but usually there's a, a formula to it and you can almost like predict when the heart's coming, when the comedy's coming. And elementary, you can never predict, oh, this is going to be one of those lines that melts your heart. It'll just come out of the blue, you know, and I just love the way they do that. I love how they rely on each other in a completely non-standard way mm -hmm. and there's never any, um, I don't know, just extra gushing. You know, they're, they're not being phony. I, I just love the way they interact. I love how she does. She has never taken his crap. She just never <laughs> lets get away with anything. And he's always exceedingly honest, you know, like the line where he's like, just for future references, when I agree with you, I'm not listening, you know, like, right, you right. know, <laughs> what's going on behind their eyes, you know, and I just, it's just very different. And I love that there's no relationship other than the best relationship of friendship. I love watching them together. And I love it even more when Belle's in between and there's like a little triad going, like, that makes me very happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Detective Bell. He's so wonderful. Yeah, he's probably my second favorite character on the show. And every scene, to be able to stand with everyone that he stands with and hold his own and you're not ignoring anything that he does is just a tremendous talent. And I think that he does it well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, him and, uh, and Captain Gregson are like, you know, the secondary characters, but they're still so central to the show. I'm a big fan of uh, Aiden Quinn's because of the uh, the movie Benny and June. Um, yes, I love Benny and June. Yes, yes, so wonderful. And it, yeah. I've always like you know whenever he's popped up since then, I'm like, hey, look, it's Benny, awesome. But he's just such an interesting character, like as a friend to uh, Sherlock and Joan, as a mentor, even as a father figure in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love how he's not sappy toward them really ever yeah <laughs> you know, yeah <laughs> he's still a hardcore cop and um i mean there are times you obviously can tell that he does not like sherlock at all and uh, you know like <laughs> i be putting up with him you could do so much better joan and that's refreshing in a tv show because usually they try to make kind of like a lou grant character where they're rough on the outside but soft on the inside and i just think that gregson is the real deal like Mm -hmm. he's not anything other than what he is he's not pretending to be a, a rough tough guy he really feels that way it's true and I like the fact that he can sometimes be like just really brutally honest with Sherlock yes. you know Sherlock needs people in his life that like Watson don't put up with his crap 
And Gregson definitely does that. Often he, like there was uh, when Sherlock came back after having left for England after season two, he was very much like, you know, okay, fine, you're back. I'm not mad that, you know, you didn't say goodbye. I'm mad that you just like walked out. And yeah, if you want to come back, that's fine. But you got to get Joan to say that you can be back. So he's never kind of given Sherlock a pass. And never intimidated. Like, yeah. three of the main characters are never intimidated by Sherlock, which has to be completely uncharacteristic for the rest of the world. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> if we were just standing across from Johnny Lee Miller and just looking at him without talking, that would be intimidating, I think, for most people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of Sherlock's capabilities... I think it would paralyze, you know, most anybody in any profession. Yeah, it's true. And that's so different from a lot of the other Sherlock adaptations, too. Yes. Uh, like, you know, with the British Sherlock, it's all the characters, even if they're grudgingly so, all of them are like just totally in awe of, yes. you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. And he does such a great job with Sherlock in that, you know, adaptation. But there's still kind of this this feeling of, you know, everybody's kind of, like I said, in awe um, right. and that's and totally different feeds on that you know i think benedict's character is very much like yes i am better than you all the time yeah you know? like, yeah just across all the time that way and there are little snippets where johnny sherlock tries it or is aware of it like the episode where he and joan are going to get commended for their work with the precinct and he's like no because it will basically feed an addiction to my ego and she's like so you don't want it because you deserve everything and he's like yeah pretty much yeah um, <laughs> you know but then later he comes and he he accepts it kind of begrudgingly and he looks like a little lost child but you know like he gets over himself and i don't think the other adaptations sherlock ever has to be human he can just be this super brain all the time right. and johnny brings this really fractured kind of child element to his portrayal and i think that's what sets him apart from all the others really gets into the soul of Sherlock Holmes that you know in the canon and in a lot of the adaptations it is very much like you just kind of see the surface of Sherlock you see what other people see and this kind of you know almost miraculous ability of his and then in this show you see the person behind it and how he's really struggling in a lot of ways He's not this miraculous creature, you know, he's not this supernatural-ish person who like knows everything off the top of his head. He's someone who has a talent, but he also works hard with it. Yes, and it shows how he feels and doesn't just know. The other Sherlock's are just so in the brain and everyone around them just so focuses on the brain. And I love the writers will sprinkle out bits of humanity and his past. Through almost every episode, there's just a little kind of nudge of something, like a little nugget that you get. And, you know, that facade breaks down and you can see into the depths of what he's dealing with and why he really is an addict. Which I think they approach his addictions 
way better than I thought possible for this character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a constant theme. They don't ever sweep it under the rug. They don't pretend like, Oh, he's so much better now. Like so many TV shows kind of do it just constantly, you know, every few episodes you're reminded, even if it's something little with the way Johnny reacts, like being around cocaine or a hooker or what, you know, like you can see the way he looks at it and it's got like this kind of longing disgust and it's just, really really well done yeah like I think it's actually won a bunch of awards for how it's uh, portrayed addiction yeah which is is very well deserved because it's it is probably the most honest depiction of addiction on television that you know it's not this big huge dramatic thing it's something that is just part of the character that it never goes away it's just a constant struggle and he fails. Uh, the season three finale is just one of my favorites because, I mean, the case was wonderful. I loved him trying to find Alfredo. But, you know, your hero doesn't fail. Your hero's always like the guy who wins the touchdown at the last minute or something. But Johnny's hero fails repeatedly. But it only makes you love him more. It doesn't put you off. It makes you see something of yourself in him. Buddy, this brilliant, this rich this attractive, this everything keeps beating up himself and allowing himself to get beaten up by his own demons, then there's kind of hope for all of us. Right. And that's one of the great things, too, about Joan and about the fact that he's teaching her how to be a detective. Because, you know, again, he's not this supernatural creature that, you know, has all the answers. Uh, he's, he's someone who is really good at something that can be taught to yeah. other people. And so that really humanizes him, too, to have this idea that he's able to teach someone else how to be a good detective. And granted, it has to be someone that has, you know, huge talents such as, as yeah. Jones. And um, Kitty. And Kitty. Yeah. Kitty's also, she's a little different, but she's also marvelous. It's funny because I I was a little hesitant about Kitty at first. Um, oh, I was horrified. I was so horrified. <laughs> I was like, what have they done? And it was perfect. Her addition was absolutely perfect. And really, like, when I looked back through the shows, like, season three is so freaking great. Like, I'm so glad they brought her. (laughs) It's so true. Like, I was, you know, it's like, oh, they've broken up Sherlock and Joan. This is terrible. The whole show is about Sherlock and Joan. And it's like, well, yeah, but then they've put this person in the middle that is going to be this amazing person in and of herself, but is also going to be this conduit so that they can they can get back together again on like an honest footing. Another thing I love about elementary is they bring different characters that you don't see in other TV shows. I mean, real super strong women that overcome stuff which you don't see and just different ethnic groups. And I feel like it's actually where most shows are like set in New York, but it's all like white, really pretty middle class people and bringing in these characters who would just be a caricature in other shows like I mean, Kitty's past is horrific, even though she doesn't necessarily heal totally. (laughs) She's not. She is far more capable than most women are portrayed in those situations and very dimensional and not just, you know, putting on like a Pollyanna like, oh, it was faded and it was okay. You know, no, she's she's going to kick some butt and uh, get better that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a parallel there, too, between Kitty's experiences and having to continue fighting that battle and also Sherlock's 
addiction that, you know, again, when you're a, a survivor in that way, it's not something that you ever fully forget. It is a part of you that you have to learn how to, you know, to live with and to turn into a strength, which she totally did. Yes, totally did. And yeah. that's why Sherlock could take her on is because he recognized that chasm in her and knew because Joan had helped him knew that he needed to help somebody else. Right. Yeah. That relationship is so great. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, watching Kitty evolve too from uh, being so jealous of Watson. Yeah. <laughs> she was like a little teenager. At first, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, gosh, oh, she's so sullen. She's so, oh my gosh. And then uh, <laughs> it was just great to watch her kind of just blossom and unfold and uh, Joan get to be different too. You know, that was, that was really a different approach. I thought that they did. Yeah. And there, there was that one scene where um, Joan says, she is not our child. We are not raising her. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you kind of are. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> that's kind of exactly <laughs> what's going on here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really liked I like the way they, and I hope they bring her back. I would just like a, one more season, one more episode. I think it's likely. I mean, you know, they've ended up in London. So I imagine it's probably a lot easier for her to, you know, well, she came to New York anyway. Um, right. So I guess, I guess that isn't a problem. Uh, it's like, you know, she left a man totally disfigured with nutmeg stuff. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that was one of the best like um they had laid out the foundation for all of that in the episodes previous mm -hmm. i was like yes the nutmeg came back yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the scene where she hears his voice for the first time it's just etched in my head yes. her facial expressions because you know something you know i mean you kind of know like something's coming up because elementary never just ends an episode like we're going out for burgers haha -ha. um <laughs> but just she just was brilliant. It was great. And um, Lucy Liu played it. It was just perfect. I loved it. She really did. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. The emotional honesty of this show, too, is fantastic. You know, with, with a couple of caveats to it, like there are some times when I would really like Joan to be like a little bit more vulnerable at times. Right. Um, but they're present, but they're kind of few and far between. For the most and part, they're not afraid to let their characters feel things. Exactly. And Joan's characters change so much from season one. It's almost like she and Sherlock have switched some characteristics because she's, I don't want to say she's less human, but she's less girl next door now. You know, like she's taken on even her clothes, her dress, like it's way more polished. It's, you know, like she's just changed through everything. I mean, she's been through kidnappings, boyfriend murder, like she's been through everything. Yeah. But, but it's just really interesting to see how she holds her own and she's very strong, but just differently. You don't see female characters grow like that on most TV shows. Yeah, it's true. The yeah. only thing I wasn't pleased with the baby thing, but that was just me. That was, Yeah, that was a little odd. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, when that came up, I was actually in the process of doing a rewatch. So it was like, had she ever before talked about like how much she wanted to be a mother? 
I think that there was one point in like the second season might have been like third season where Sherlock asks her if it was something that she had ever thought about and she said well yeah occasionally but it was never like you know yes this is something I want to do when it, it came to her wanting to adopt a baby it was a little odd and I, I definitely you know I'm, I'm not sure I'm entirely on board with that character development yeah Definitely the few that stands out that I'm like really this feels totally out of the blue um, <laughs> and I'm so glad hopefully they will not follow that <laughs> for season seven yeah and I don't think they will because it would just make everything really gummy and not organic at all but yeah it was the only thing that just was really random for me yeah yeah and just the way that it would have totally changed her and life and Sherlock's life and their work together and their ability to do work at all yeah I don't know I don't know why they pursued that at all yeah I don't know I mean they could have done anything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know she uh she struggles at times with her identity as like you know the fact that she used to be a surgeon and then now she's a detective and there's still you know every once in a while kind of a little bit of grading on that that you know is this really who she is in the same way that being a detective is who sherlock is so that could be part of that but well, and i feel like joan's backstory we i mean we know a good amount but it's still shadier to me than sherlock's backstory i mean we know her parents and and her dad and i just feel like we don't get a lot of details exactly about her backstory um so maybe there is something like when she was young you know she babysat a lot and loved children that we just that <laughs> <laughs> we've just not seen yeah 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 i mean we definitely do know more about Sherlock's, you know, his childhood, you know, having been packed off to a boarding school when he was like 10 um, and, you know, losing his mother and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, I would definitely like to see more of Joan's backstory. Every once in a while, we get little tiny glimpses, like the fact that she used to uh, like follow the mob stories. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was fantastic and she knew like everything about that case from her teenage years or they were big video game freaks or yeah right. little tidbits like that I really enjoyed yeah I loved that scene too with the the two of them playing the video game yeah. and like yeah. you know <laughs> Joan's like no no you go you go that way no uh -huh. no no ah just give it to me yeah that was great I, I so love, and it's it's kind of tangential to that, but I, I so love how sometimes Sherlock just does things with her to make her happy. Yes. That it's like, you know, he really doesn't like baseball, but right. he'll watch a baseball game with her. He's like grudgingly, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can see it on his face too, you yeah. know? Yeah, but it's it just solidifies what their friendship, how much it really means him you know that he will do things for her that he would never do for other people yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like when he convinces Gregson to get married even though he is so anti-marriage you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was very telling of how much he really cares about the people that he does let in his life on a regular basis yeah he also like I love it how uh he and uh and Belle like he kind of becomes I don't know, kind of a mentor to Marcus in a lot of ways, but also yeah. just such a constant friend that, you know, when he's having girl troubles, he has him over to like flick cards into the Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and then when Belle got shot and was, you know, like really angry at Holmes for a long time, like they were almost like brothers, like circling each other. Right, like, right. Figure out how are we going to make this work because we have to. Yeah, I love their relationship. Yeah, it's so marvelous. Just, you know, the amount of, of uh, respect that he has for Belle and, you know, the fact that they are friends. Like, you know, uh, when he was working in, in Scotland Yard, that was something that he would never have with other, you know, detectives. Oh, yeah. He was too full of himself. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There are other characters that are also just so central to their lives, like Alfredo. He's needs to be on more and more. I love Alfredo. He definitely does. Like there, there are some people that we we haven't seen a lot of recently that I would love to see more of. Um, of course, Alfredo had you know a fair amount of screen time in the most recent season, which was great because yeah, Alfredo's amazing. And he doesn't take anything from Sherlock either. That's true. That's true. He's another uh, another person in his life. It's just like, no. Yep. No, you need to get over yourself. Yeah. I love Alfredo. The Irregulars, I love. Uh, Mason is my favorite. Anytime Mason's in an episode, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's great. He's so yeah. surly, which is marvelous. Yes. And he really, like, I mean, for Sherlock to have to call him, like, a 17-year-old to do something for him that he doesn't know... Um, that irritation is it's just hilarious I just I love that character and I love that little actor like it I just everything about that role makes me very happy and giggly every time he's on it's pretty wonderful I remember at one point Sherlock saying like Mason was going to do something for him and and Joan says what are what are you going to do in return and he says well I let him smell your hair when you're sleeping at night <laughs> and it's like <laughs> Okay. I mean, it, it turns out to have been a joke, but right. it was it was one of those things where like there was a shot of Mason being like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I bet he would like to be smelling Watson's hair at night, but. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I love how when Sherlock will say something that you're never quite sure, even as the audience watching, like, oh, is that real? Right. <laughs> did he really do that? Okay, no, relief. I'm so glad he didn't really do that yet. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I really like, oh, what's his name? What's he do? Um, He's the uh, the mathematician. Oh, Harlan. Harlan, yes. Yeah, I love like, Harlan. I love him. And he's just so precious. Which, again, is a totally different way you would think of a mathematician being. Like, he's so human, you know? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, like, I, I love how, how, like, you know, he likes Sherlock so much mm-hmm. that it just freaks Sherlock out. But yeah. he's so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I love the the fact that he likes getting, like, you know, naked in order to do math. <laughs> So that it, it turns math into not only like a, a, a mental thing, but this very physical thing. It's and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And totally different from the way that you'd normally think of mathematicians. Yeah. Yeah. And he's able to do it and it not be creepy. Like when Joan walks in when she first meets him and he's, you know, like half naked or whatever. Uh-huh. It's, you don't think like this is disgusting. It's just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. What's happening? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, like he's definitely not, not doing it in like a perverted sort of way. Right. You know, it's it's totally innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. loved when uh, Sherlock's like, you know, I gave him a little bell if he felt that he needed to completely disrobe. <laughs> um, but I can't promise that he's not going to sit on the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he was definitely a breath of fresh air. Like I just rewatched the first episode that he was in. It made me happy again because we'd seen him again a few episodes ago, I guess, in season six. So uh-huh. it's nice to see him beginning again. It's true. Yeah. And that episode was fantastic. Was it Solve for X? Uh, yes, it was. I think that was the title, yeah. I'm horrible at remembering titles of TV shows. I really don't pay attention. So it'll I'll like come in a roundabout way. But they do, they're very clever. I do like the way, when I actually do pay attention, I do like the way they name them and how sometimes they're spoofs on the canon and some, you know, like they're very clever with the way. It's not just like, you know, Sherlock drinks coffee or, you know, something right. very <laughs> will twist all of them. Yeah, yeah. And so often it's also not only talking about the case, mm-hmm. but also reflective of what's going on in the characters' lives at the time. Yeah. So, which is great. And I love how sometimes the case too is kind of this reflection of the characters and their story mm-hmm. yes yeah or it yeah. come back to it in a couple of episodes and they've laid groundwork really well yeah yeah like the first season of elementary did that so well like mm-hmm. they set up everything perfectly in the first half of the season and then in the second half of the season they just knocked it all down And it's like, you know, it was so satisfying because every little thing that you would have thought was just something completely random Mm -hmm. in the first half of the season became vital in the second half. It was fantastic. And it's almost better when you rewatch it because you kind of like, oh, wait a minute. I think I know what's happening here. And then you can not exactly remember all of it, but... I just really like, like I've rewatched it with my kids and, uh, you know, I'll be like, really pay attention to this next scene, Uh (laughs) you know, and to watch them get it. Like, it's really, it's really precious to see. Yeah. It's so wonderful. (laughs) It is. It really is. It is. Yeah. It's like the first scene, uh, season I'd say is probably the best. Because, you know, it's it's very typical for, like, you know, TV series is that the creators have spent a lot of time and effort into crafting this first season. And then after that, it's like, you know, they have a writer's room and things are a lot more kind of on the fly. So yeah. it can be a little bit harder to make it so perfectly crafted. But it's still just a fantastic show, like, all the way through. The second season was a little rough at times. I, I actually really liked his brother I really like Minecraft I did too like it that also took me a moment to kind of get into because mm-hmm. at first it's like oh great this is Sherlock's brother and the relationship between Joan and, and Mycroft are going to tear them apart and right. what does Joan see in him anyway and mm-hmm. she totally wouldn't you know sleep with Sherlock's brother and whatnot which I still stand behind I do think that it was totally out of character for Joan to sleep with him in London but <laughs> by the end of the season I was I was definitely a Mycroft fan and definitely shipped Joan in Minecraft. So, yeah. 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 Well, it was interesting because I just rewatched the first episode with him in it with my son, and he hasn't read any of the books. So he's like, why does he keep calling him fatty? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh tell you what he's supposed to be like you know so I liked the way they they modernized him I really liked it but they kept that antipathy that Sherlock had for him I really thought that that was very clever um and making him sick and but I do at the beginning I was like there's no way but they're flirting I mean it's clear that they're flirting with each other but right 
seen Joan really flirt. You know, I mean, it was just very interesting, but it didn't bother me. I know a lot of people get really upset, but I was like, no. I mean, she's got interesting tastes, but no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, it, the thing that really kind of, yeah, that, that made it kind of awkward in my mind was the fact that she knew that the two of them were just starting to kind of to, to, to repair that relationship. Right. And that her sleeping with him totally totally threw a monkey wrench into that. And I'm not sure that she would have actually done that. I think that the way, I think it's very um, 2010 or whatever, the way they both seem to handle uh, sexual relationships. Yeah. Like, neither of them get caught up in what most TV shows, you know, like kind of like the friends thing, you know, where you're talking about like, what was it like? How is it? You know, like they don't, it's just sex is sex is sex. And I think that she has a little bit of that too, not so much as Sherlock, obviously. But um, I think it's just really modern, and I kind of like that they don't put any judgment really ever, except for he's my brother. That's disgusting. Right. <laughs> with a weirdo in London, but you slept with my brother, who's the weirdo in London. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's great how at, at one point when uh, when Mycroft shows up in New York, Sherlock is waking Joan up, which the wake up Watsons are like one of my favorite things. It's like, you know, when I'm live tweeting this show, every time he wakes her up in some silly way, it's like hashtag wake up Watson. Yes. Yeah, it's so wonderful. Like not something you would think would work repeatedly, but it always works. It yes. really does. He just comes up with the best ways of, yeah, waking her up. But in this case, he was poking her with his single stick. And right. she's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm just making sure my brother's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, the episode, I don't, I can't remember, but they're kind of fighting over him sleep, her sleeping with him. And he says something like, well, he gave you three and a half orgasms or so. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? And I, I just think it's just hilarious. Their little bicker back and forth. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. He, he often would, you know, go into kind of sexually inappropriate places in like the first half of season one. Yeah. Um, he still does it like throughout the series every once in a while. But first, first uh, half of season one, he's definitely doing it to try to scare her off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like he, he spends most of that time basically, you know, trying to get her to quit. And yeah, that's awful. one way that he does it. Yeah. 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 And then in season two, when I can't remember her name, but the mistress, the dominatrix calls him. Yes. Kind of embarrassed. You know, you can see him being kind of seepish when he was like, um, well, we met. You know, he's not as brazen with it because their relationship has totally changed now. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I love because he, he got the phone call from the mistress when he was like in the gym uh, after he was doing some boxing. And yeah. so he's putting his stuff together and the phone rings and he looks at it and answers it and says, yes, mistress. Yes. And Joan's like, what? <laughs> and, and we're like, who the heck is this like a, you know, royalty or like, who is this that's calling him? Yeah, totally. That whole episode is just one of the best episodes. I love it. It's true. It's true. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But both of them have kind of interesting romantic lives through the show. Um, like, of course, so we've got to talk about Irene, um, yeah. who is actually Moriarty. Sorry, guys. Huge I spoiler. <laughs> I was so excited when they did that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So 
Um, and I really, like, I could kind of see something building up, but I really wasn't predicting it because I was a fan of the, you know, original, original. So I just didn't think they would cross that. I don't know why. It just came out of the blue. And so when the guy says, and she, and you can see Sherlock, what? You know, it's <laughs> she, you know, everything's like falling apart and coming together at the same time. Yes. And it, made me so happy yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it falling apart and and coming together at the same times yeah yeah that's exactly wow yeah yeah that's perfect like you could see it all in his face he played all of those emotions like at the same time it was it was beautiful yeah it really was and then like right before that too when he is with Irene Mm -hmm. quotation marks um when he's with Irene and uh he realizes that she's had her moles removed oh yeah from her back and realizes because of that that oh my god you're playing me uh-huh you must have been with moriarty this whole time and you know basically by your free will and then the way that irene slash moriarty handles that is basically by literally gaslighting him oh totally it's like the perfect narcissistic gaslight yes yes and you you're like he can't be that stupid please do not fall for this right please. right <laughs> yeah. i was so tired textbook yes like that manipulation mm-hmm. that was like oh my gosh that's it's terrible it's like you know her trying to get him to believe that he gets like this he gets suspicious and jumps to conclusions and it's like no no he doesn't that's not what he does and he's not wrong um yeah first scenes where you see her actually reach for him and touch him since they found each other again yes so interesting like she's even then trying to like reel him in with physical touch that she has purposefully not even let him have yes yes master manipulator that's a really good point i hadn't thought of that before she's really good at being bad yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's true and and i do hope that natalie dormer gets to come back next season hope so too yeah yeah because that's always been it's like it's been in the background every season there's been you know some little nod to it um you know from her killing the woman who killed joan's boyfriend yes to you know her former empire being like central to moreland homes Yes. And uh, and his reason for being in New York. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The episode with her child being kidnapped. Like, they always bring something back, but we don't get to see it happen. So right. I'm really hoping for the season seven. Really, really hoping. I also want to point out how great it was that Watson brought her down. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, I mean, usually it would have to be the central brilliant Sherlock. Like, he would have to be the one to do it. And you would, you expect him to be the one to do it. Yes. But if they let Watson in the first, you know, like, she handled it brilliantly as only someone not emotionally attached to it could. And I was so happy. Yes. So very happy that she did it. And I remember being terrified that he actually did OD. You know, I was like, right. I hate Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like watching with my mouth open going oh this is so good yes yeah. <laughs> It really, really was. And just showing that Sherlock, it really showed such growth in Sherlock as well, that he had come to the point where he could admit that Joan understood him and understood Moriarty better than he could. 
that all of like the captain, because you know, I mean, Gregson had to go along with it. Like that, they all had such a tight relationship that they could pull this off. Yes, because Gregson, the whole season, still kind of like this is all weird, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but you no, know, Joan was like, I got a plan, and for him to be like, okay, let's do this, that just was really amazing. Yeah, yeah. especially considering you know the the season started with Joan as oh, what were what was it that that Sherlock would call her like uh, his personal valet, yeah. uh, his bodyguard, yeah. uh, his companion Fun. slash housekeep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, always like putting her in like the place beneath him and then she comes out on top. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So very forward thinking for the writers. I was yeah. very, very appreciative. Yeah. Just totally brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you happy. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> but yeah. So, so Irene or Moriarty, she remains. He, he will often refer to the fact that, you know, the great love is, of his life turned out to be a mass murderer. Yes. Yeah, which there are times when, when I'm like, you know, she's an abuser. She uh-huh. was terrible to you, dude. Why can't you just let go of her? And of course, that's also really, really emotionally honest. We can fall in love with people and Sherlock can fall in love with people and then not be able to just turn it off when things go south. Exactly. Yeah. And even though he came from, I mean, his whole family life is just dysfunctional with a capital D, you know, (laughs) still couldn't even see it. You know, like we think in society like, oh, you should know better. And he really has to deal with that. He should have known better. Yeah. There's no dealing with that. You know, it just, you do it. You just have to get over it every day. And and they still write letters. You know, it's just a very interesting relationship. Yeah, it is. You know, sometimes I think that his inability to kind of let her go also is kind of tied up in his own self-doubt. Like Sherlock's got a lot of self-hatred that comes out every once in a while. And I think that part of that, that, you know, him saying, you know, this is this was the great love of my life. And that's just the way it is. Part of that is just, you know, the fact that Sherlock has this kind of self-hatred sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, no addict doesn't have self uh, especially one that should be able to logic himself out of it that easily with everything else that he does. So, yeah, it, it's just very uh, unique to the show. And I really would like to see at least one more episode with the two of them on screen together. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I would I would love to see, like, I know that they've they've already been filming season seven. Like, I would love to see that being kind of a big part of the next season. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure they would too. I'm sure they would love to <laughs> schedule to to allow that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, cuz that's been kind of one of the big hurdles to bringing her back to the show. The fact that Natalie Dormer is awesome and a lot of people know that Natalie Dormer is awesome. Exactly. So she's often doing other stuff. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, even though he does kind of feel like Irene slash Moriarty was the big love of his life, he still has started being able to actually, you know, date. Right. Which is kind of amazing. Yeah. And very interesting people. Yes. (laughs) I actually kind of liked him dating. Oh, I can't remember her name, but the... Uh, Fiona. No, no, I did not like Fiona. You didn't Uh, like Fiona. Ah. I'm like the only person I think I, it seemed, I mean, I guess it was safe that he would pick someone who wasn't emotional. So I understood it, sure. but I didn't 
like it. So I like the in this season the prostitute slash caseworker, however you want to say. Like I like right. um Athena. Is that her name? Yeah, I liked that. Like I thought that was very interesting. But Fiona was not my favorite. That's fair. It just seemed. I thought that that seemed very uncharacteristic. Someone who's that obsessed with cat, you know, like that was his wanting a baby moment for me in the series. And it ended so strange and abrupt. Like it just ended, it started abruptly and ended abruptly. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, definitely the cat thing too, because Sherlock does not like cats. Exactly. And <laughs> it was just like, okay, this is really random. <laughs> right, <laughs> right you've met this is really really random yeah Um, yeah so it just I don't know it just seems odd to me I kind of like her because I kind of like the actress which is oh she's amazing yeah I, I don't know if you have you seen the tv show glow no I haven't it's on Netflix and uh it's about a group of women wrestlers okay like you know WWF wrestlers uh in the 80s where like they're a whole bunch of basically washed up actresses who decide to start doing a wrestling show. It's fantastic. It's funny. It's and it's got what's her name? I think her name is Betty Gilpin. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's in it, and actually, her husband is the one who played. Ah, oh, what's his name? The mathematician. Oh, Harlan. Harlan. Yes. Her, her, her husband in the show is Harlan. So it's it's very like, oh, look, it's a nice little elementary reunion. Yay. Oh, yeah, cool. I will check that out. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's it's pretty great. The actress who plays Fiona, she was in American Gods, and her role could not have been any different from Fiona. I mean, it was like the polar opposite of Fiona. I was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> who was she in American Gods? Like, I've seen it. I'm trying to remember. She is Shadow's best friend's wife. You're right. You're right. Yes. And I mean, I was like, I stopped it and I was like, no way. <laughs> a different role. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was brilliant. I was like, I would have never thought that was the same person. Yeah. I mean, she did a great job playing Fiona. I totally bought her being on Spectrum. Like everything was so solid. And then to see her being so vengeful and slutty and weird. I mean, it was just really strange. <laughs> So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely like, yeah, I'd totally forgotten that she was in American Gods. That was definitely my thought when seeing Glow too. Like, you know, wow, I I had totally believed that she was autistic and and thought that the actress probably was on the spectrum too. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and let's just say all of their act. Like, no acting I've ever seen on elementary has been phoned in. Like, even from the smallest, like, the waitress in the cafe or whatever. Like, everyone on there just seems at such a high caliber for a TV show that's done 150 episodes. You know, it's really remarkable. All of their extras. And I love how there's often, like, somebody from a past Johnny Lee Miller movie or TV show or something, and they come in, and I just... I just love it. The little connections that fans can make, you know? Yeah. There have been a couple of people who came in from Dexter, for instance. 
Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, like Desmond Harrington, is that his name? The guy who played Michael this past season. And then there were a couple of people who, like, had played the cops on Dexter. Um, Yeah, and I've heard there were a lot of Eli Stone people, too. Lots of Eli people. I just love it. I think it's – I really – I'm just totally projecting this, but I really think that Johnny keeps in contact with certain people and brings them on board. I would totally believe that. You know, that (laughs) random. And his wife was on the show, and, you know, like, I just – I like that little extra connection. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I love it when uh, when people do one project and then they're like, this was fun. Let's do this again. I so, know. Happy. Yeah, I yeah. like the kind of fraternity, sorority feel when people repeat. It makes me happy. It's true. And it's also like one of the great things about the show, too, is that it is just so well constructed and directed and shot. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that both uh, Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller have directed episodes. And John Michael Hall. Yep. That's Bell and he's directed. Yeah, I can't believe Aiden's not directed yet. But... I think he might have, actually. I seem to remember seeing him behind the scenes directing a, an episode. I think so. I could be wrong. But yeah, I just, I love the fact that that everyone is so involved in the production that, you know, it isn't just as their characters, which they're doing amazingly, but also just, you know, in a more general way of being committed to the whole show. Yes. And you can see their different styles in the episodes that they direct, you know, like you can really see like, this is a different camera angle. Wait a minute. You know, like they do bring something extra that I haven't seen in a lot of other TV shows when people direct, like some of the other pop shows or crime shows, they all seem to be shot from like the same two cameras or something. And elementary never seems to be just shot straight on. Right, right. Like I remember um, Lucy Liu's first directorial debut. It was the one where she had been kidnapped and Sherlock and Mycroft are trying to find her. And I remember watching it and just like being amazed at just the compositions of the shots And there was one time when they were uh, digging like a a body out of the ground and there was a shot that was actually like from beneath so Uh that it looked like, you know, you were down there looking up while they were digging you out of the ground. Right. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, They really spend time. They're not just trying to get director's credit, you know, (laughs) they really think about what would be interesting for the viewer. What makes this more, you know, like what's the icing? Yes. It's always great to have, you know, something that is just like every part of it is so well thought out. Yeah, it's like a really good meal. The episode where Joan's friend tells her that she needs to find this guy she had a one night stand with that she loved. (laughs) And then we find out halfway in the episode that it's Sherlock and that he's been, you know, I just thought it was brilliant. Like, I never saw that coming. Yeah. He's like, it was me. All right. It was me. She's like, what? It's like, yeah, your friend has a birthmark, like, on her hip. It's, you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just wonder, like, is he just lying so they'll stop talking about it? And then you're like, oh, no, he really did sleep with her. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. And also kind of, you know, that was, was looking back at what their relationship was like, you know, back in the beginning. And a reminder of exactly how much it had changed and had evolved. Yeah. So both Joan and Sherlock have difficult family situations, too. That also is always a part of who they are. Like addiction and past love, our families are always things that we struggle with in one way or another. And both of them do. 
So, like, Moreland okay. spent a bunch of time on the show. Yeah, I was really surprised at how much I liked Moreland. Like, I don't like him, like, I don't want to be around him, but how much I liked the way John Noble played him for us to not totally hate him. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, he's a real human person, and you almost feel sorry for him when Johnny is, like, dismissing him over and over and over and over. You're like, oh, my God, he's still your dad. You yeah. Know, even though he really is because he's horrible. But, right, right. But he, yeah, he just does this really interesting way of playing. Like, you can see his heartbreak for, like, a millisecond, and then he armors up again, and he's like, fine, son, then blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and Sherlock does such a thorough job of convincing Joan and us that Dad yes. is this terrible person. Yeah. You know, and not that Moreland makes that hard. Right. <laughs> with the way that, you know, he treated... Sherlock and the way that like when Joan asked if she could stay with him because he was unstable he was like nope I'm sending you your check you're done exactly yeah and even when he's like telling him oh well your mother was an addict too and she's horrible I mean he's just cold in these really strange places where you expect some warmth and then you get the warmth in ways you never would ever expect from a parent yeah. so it's, <laughs> it's really interesting the way he like the woman that he was in love with and the kid, you know, like I wouldn't expect that he actually loved people. I just thought yeah. he was just kind of, kind of just cold for everybody, but no, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And, and then we, we get to see, we actually get to see Sherlock's mother in a weird sort of way in that he hallucinates her at the end of season five. Yeah. Well, it was so sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't know that that's who she is for the longest time, but so completely opposite in every way from Moreland that it's almost like, how did that even happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, how did they She's... get together? It's like, mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, opposites must really attract because, yeah, she's so like, I guess, a stereotype of a British mom, you know, just the very interesting way that they did and brought her in. Scary, very scary because that you really see how fractured he is because he can't even trust Joan to tell her. Yeah, that was really tough because they were they were definitely going through kind of a rough patch in their relationship because yes. Joan wanted so badly to help Shinwell and for Shinwell to be able to be be able to heal and to be a, a you know a useful part of the police force basically. Then, you know, Sherlock had his doubts about him. And then, you know, he started going downhill and Joan saw it. At one point, she went up to him and said, look, I'm going to ask you a question and I need you to answer me honestly. Are you using again? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I am not using again. As like, right. Joan knew that something was up, right. but they were so at loggerheads at the time that they couldn't, you know, get to the point where they could tell each other. So, yeah, but I'm really glad. I am so glad that season six started with them totally bonding together again yes yeah i think like said earlier that season one you thought was the best and i really love season one but season six i just think they hit it out of the park every episode i loved everything about season six yeah me too it was 
Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. And just, you know, Joan being so supportive of him and in a different way from like being supportive with his addiction, which she Mm -hmm. had pulled away from since she wasn't his sober companion anymore. But, you know, her being able to be very supportive and making it possible for him to heal and to continue his work was so great. Yes. Yeah. And that he willing to actually do what he really needed to do and didn't Sherlock it up. You know, he he was like, okay, I really have to go away and I'm going to do it because it's the only way that I'm going to find this guy. And that's very out of character for him. So um, yeah, instead of just burning himself out. Yes. And I mean, even Joan's character changed because she was like, okay, whatever we need to do to take him down. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's ethics. I don't care. We're taking him down. The character growth and change in season six was huge. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that last episode, they weren't sure that they were going to get a season seven. So the last episode of season six is like a perfect ending. Like if they had ended the whole show on that episode, I would have been sad that it was over, but happy that it ended that way. I know. I mean, when I finished watching it, I really said I almost wish there wasn't a seven. I mean, I would love for 40 seasons of the show, but it's the best season finale I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes. Ever. Absolutely. Um, And it just, it closes everything up so well. Yes. And I really, I don't even know how they did all of that and kept it all under wraps. I mean, I was so mad and still am mad at Gregson. Yeah. But I understand Gregson and... I've always disliked Hannah. So (laughs) (laughs) Hannah's been trouble from like the beginning, basically. And Gregson just always has a soft spot for her and just because he's a parent and I get it. And but oh, yeah, everything about that. Oh, that finale is just so beautiful. Like I've probably watched it four times. It's so perfect. And then that scene between the two of them in the brownstone where, oh, God, it's like (laughs) I actually I rewatched that right before uh, I came to the studio just to kind of, you know, remind myself of that relationship. And it like I was sitting there watching it on my uh, on my Kindle and uh, crying because (laughs) that scene is like. The, the perfect scene. It, it manages to, to not be gushy or mushy yeah. while still making it absolutely clear that, like Sherlock said, that they're, they're better than partners. They're two people that love each other and they always yeah. have been. And it's yeah. just, it's so beautiful and, and sad because he's leaving. And then the next scene, you know, they're in London together. And it's like, yes! Yes! Oh, yeah. <laughs> they get it's to be just, together. I mean, to see Sherlock, it's just really interesting to see how far he has totally come that he that he would not betray anyone except himself. Even but after he, he had been betrayed by, by Gregson. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I always call these kind of things like uh, the Dumbledore effect. Because uh-huh. I feel, you know, like it's like only Dumbledore would totally plan for an out for everything. And that he can just call up MI6 and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do for me. And it happens. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. And and he uses his father for that too often. That when he's he's in a position where he needs to talk to somebody, but you know, the door is closed for one reason or another. He says, you know, I am a Holmes. You know my father. You know what my father can do to you. Let's talk. 
when he uses that, it's always very interesting. Like, what is this costing you? You know, like, but that you're going to pay that price anyway. Yeah. Right, right. And then the fact that he has, you know, MI6 on speed dial. And <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I love that episode so much. So, so like it, it really, they could not make it any better ever. It's true. It's true. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm almost like, I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm almost scared to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's like, you know, they're happy. Can't we just leave them happy? like it's exactly uh, yeah yeah so i'm hoping they manage to you know yeah yeah how are they gonna manage like gregson like what the heck yeah (laughs) you manage that i have no clue And, and also sherlock is not allowed to come back into the country that was part of their agreement that you know britain's not gonna extradite him but he's not allowed to set foot in the united states so, right. like, you know, it's not like they haven't fixed things like that before. Where, like, you know, Sherlock's not allowed to be part of the department. Oh, wait, his dad pulled some strings and now he is. Right. But I don't know. It's going to be weird. And, you know, I've read the tweets by the writers saying that, no, we, we do this with all four of them or not at all. So it's like, okay, but Gregson and Bell are in New York which Sherlock can't go to, and Gregson betrayed them. So (laughs) how is this supposed to work? Well, and that's the thing is that he betrayed Watson. (laughs) Like, yeah, it almost makes sense if he betrayed Holmes. Like, that's more forgiving. But when you rewatch the episode, he's genuinely really concerned for Watson in the hospital. Yeah. You know, and then he like he doesn't really throw her under the bus because he believes in due process and that there's not enough evidence. I get that. But he still threw her under the bus. Yeah. So I get that Watson might be able to summon up something to forgive him, but Sherlock is not. <laughs> yeah. He's not be like, okay, I know you did it for love. That's good. That's just not going to happen. Right, right. It's, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. But, and uh... I don't want it to be like Moreland paid off a judge or, you know, I don't want it to be that easy. I want there to be some sort of struggle like that only they are coming because, you know, Moriarty has like gone on a rampage or something, you know, like there has to be a real reason to come back. Right, right. And that actually could be a good way to bring them back. That, you know, mm-hmm. because there there have been a, a multitude of allowances made when Moriarty steps into the picture. Because it's like, yes. well, we don't like him and he's been banned, but he and Joan are the only ones who can take Moriarty down. And it has to happen because, you know, she's doing terrible things. Right. And she's going to be doing really terrible things. Really, yeah. really terrible. Things. Really yeah. terrible. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to see in a season seven? In in the season seven, because oh my god, they were renewed. I know. <laughs> I remember hearing that and being like, dude, I totally thought they were going to cancel it. But yay, more elementary. I've never been so invested in the cancellation of a series in my life. <laughs> so yeah, I was so thrilled. And that they got renewed so early on in yes. season six. Even though season six was weird because when they aired it, but yeah, that made me very happy. Yeah. Um, I think I really would like to see because it's a character that in all of the fan groups, everybody loves this character. Mm-hmm. And I really thought she would come back. I would really like Cassie from Miss Taken oh, huh. to come back. Yeah, I could see that. She's like a supervillain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would really like to see her come back. 
And also, like, thinking about it, it is very interesting that women seem to be the ones that can stump homes. Like, that's an interesting pattern. And that whole episode, it, it's just beautiful, uh, everything about it. It was another one that I was like, what is happening here? Right. Like, oh. And I really thought she would show up consistently because of the way they kind of set up that relationship. So I would like to see just a little nod of some sort to her. That, and that's really like the only thing besides Moriarty that I think is lacking. I was really sad that Minecraft died in season yeah. six. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I've just felt so bad for Sherlock because you could watch him crumble. You know, it was it was very devastating to him and he did not expect it. Right, so right. So I would to see Minecraft come back and see something, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, and almost, I mean, I really didn't expect it to happen. Even if they couldn't get the actor back, you know, I just thought they would just not mention him or something. But yeah, right, right. Different. Yeah, or, you know, mention him and have him be, you know, oh, I heard he was in Myanmar the other day or something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah, that was really sad. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Seven. I'm nervous and cautious about Seven because mm-hmm. Six was so hard to follow up. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know how they end that. I don't know. I've got to have faith in, you know, <laughs> in Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller and all the writers that they can make Season ah. 7 something fantastic. I am really hoping. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if they'll extend it or if they're going to go with the, you know, just the original 13 or what they're going to do. So, um, I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely be watching. Definitely. Yes. Be watching. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I have two friends that watch the show, so I never get to talk about it to an actual person. So this is very, <laughs> very much appreciated on my end. Thank you so much for, for talking about it. It's It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Hopeless Fancast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hopeless Fancast, on our Facebook page, The Hopeless Fancast, and find all of our episodes on hopelessfancast.com. If you enjoy our show, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash thehopelessfancast to find out more. Thank you, and we'll see you soon.